Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Kishan. And this is Tea for Two. This is our BFF podcast where we talk about anything from science to popular culture, the arts, and life in Singapore. Hi everyone, it's me, Joel, a playwright and performer. And it's me, Kishan, a science educator. And welcome back to T42. It is our best friend podcast where we talk about whatever the fandango we fandango! want. Fandango! Fandango! Isn't that such a great dang, F word? Dang, dang, dang. Actually, I, I, I only know, know it as like a sort of dance. I don't know what it is I actually. It's a, yes, it's a style of dance music. Yeah. It's like, a, what does a, how does the song go? Dance the fandango. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's, don't know. That's how I know it from, from some lyric Why of some sort. Why are you thinking sort? of a fandango? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, it's like a every time we do this podcast, it's like a nice little dance. Yes, ah! correct. Like a dance mm. of a uh, dance of intellect. Correct. Mm. Friendship. Dance of words. A friendship. fiery dance of fiery. Uh. Of nonsense. I think not. Uh, not fiery. I think kind of soggy. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this podcast is a, a mix of highs and lows. Yeah. Uh, no, I think we settle at a happy medium. Happy medium is yeah, correct. It's like a fairly mediocre podcast. Oh, speaking of like highs and lows, I can't believe it's December. Okay, so where is this in your trajectory, your high and low? For me, it's like a low. Like, for some people, it's like high, which is why I say yeah, highs and lows. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a great December. I, I always get very like funky a little bit like why? during December. Because it's not affective like, disorder. Uh, maybe like, maybe <laughs> seasonal affective disorder. I don't know, but I just feel like... Ugh. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder what it is. For me, it's a kind of like the one time of year that I give myself permission to just like not care about anyone and anything. It's like, I was like, oh, I don't do work today, no. I'm just sitting in TV. Literally, it's what I've been doing the whole week. Oh, release. that's yeah. December for yeah, you? Yeah, I'm just sitting in um, bed watching TV. That sounds glorious. No, I think it's a residual like habit from school days, you know, when like oh. December is really nobody touches you during December. Where school is out, right? Yeah. And you're like done. Whereas now yeah. as a working adult, there's no such thing because people can touch you whenever the fuck they want, right? Yeah, it's true. But for me, because I work in a school, so it's still, ma- still maintained. Yeah, la. so why are you feeling low? It must be very nice for you, what? I don't know, I don't know. Meh. Uh, yeah, you're going on cruise, la, whatever. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Hope we drown. Hey. <laughs> Alright, it's time for our first segment of the day. Are you home, Shirley? Shirley, are you? Shirley! Shirley downstairs. Uh, yeah. Shirley buying food downstairs on the kopitiam. Oh, buying food her, downstairs. Her mother not cooking today. Mom's not cooking. Yeah, her mother mm-hmm. depressed. Uh. Are you putting? Yeah, mother stuck in the room the whole night. So Shirley has to go down and buy like kopi- uh, Hokkien mee for the whole family. This has taken a turn, sis. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Shirley's going through it. <laughs> it's a segment in which we discuss an aspect of life in Singapore that either fascinates or horrifies us. Often both. And today we're talking about food. Food, food a, glorious food. Yeah, it's an obvious choice, right? Because like you ask Singaporeans, hey, what is Singapore? What are the hallmarks of Singaporean culture? It's uh, like food, long. Singlish, and like queuing for things. Kiasu, Kiasu. Yeah, yeah. So but like food, lah. We talk about we talk about food. We that's all we do here, right? Like, yeah. If, like if you want to plan a weekend, what do you do? Uh, let's go and makan. Correct. Right. It's food literally is, it's literally the natural pastime. Food is yes, it's our national. Actually, possibly pastime. the national pastime, right? Is spending like two hours in the queue. Uh, I hate, I hate for queuing. some like for some mediocre Korean fried chicken. Yeah, correct. <laughs> I don't understand. No. If I go to a place uh, and I see a queue, I'll be like, okay, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I don't want right. Maybe I, I just go and like I go eat McDonald's. Yeah, or right. I eat something else. I have no patience for queuing. Like very okay. So in my mind, huh? Like if the longer you wait for your food, the worse it is actually. Yeah, because correct. It fits into your mental state, right? Because can it really be that good for an hour wait? Okay, I don't know. I will say though that like I have been to Tokyo on holiday before, right? And then join the Japanese really love to queue for food. So really, yeah. And then you join the queue, right? Confirm very good on the food. Really? Yeah. So oh, that's know. very interesting that the Japanese like yeah, but their queue systems are very efficient. Oh, uh, also I people go down, they sit down, right? They see a long queue outside, they will faster eat and leave. 
Oh, you know, so lovely. Oh, that's very nice. Mm, yeah. Okay, but coming back to food, Joe, what yes. is your favorite Singaporean, Singaporean food. food? Like local dish. Ranking very high up on the list is uh, bachomi. Oh, I know you like bachomi. Yeah, I think it's the soul of simplicity. Really? You know what I mean? It's really just like really simple pork stock into which you put these like nice like bouncy noodles and then you put you top it with like uh, the vinegar. soup the soup version la. I like mm. the soup version more than the dry oh, one. Oh, is it? Yeah, and then you just top it all these like like. Uh, you know, it's balls. interesting that you say simple because I think there is nothing simple about any local dish. I think it takes mm, a lot no, of preparation. Yeah. Each component takes a lot of work. A right? lot of work. Yeah. So like, I when if if I were to ask myself this question, what is my favorite Singaporean food? Mm. I I I'm stuck in two uh, two things, yes. uh, and they are chicken rice. I love Hainanese chicken rice. Mm. I fucking love it. And the other one is Hokkien mee. Mm. Both I think take very long to prepare. Like, okay, so what are your priorities when it comes to chicken rice? Oh, for me, mm. the rice must be damn good. Like the rice and the chili. What would you define the- as good rice? Oh, I don't know. Like, 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 when you eat, right, you know, like, it's been steeped in something for like the longest time, and it's hot. Right. Oh my god, I can't explain. My mouth is watering. Right, like <laughs> garlicky, and it's like it's got to be oh, oily as shook, fuck, uh, right? Shook, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the chicken, leh. Oh, the chicken must be. I don't know. You know, like, they put the sauce on top of the chicken. Oh, like the 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 the, the black sauce. Yeah, firstly, the, the chicken uh, must be soft. You know, like not like hard, like like dry, like, not dry, like, dry, not dry. Mm. That kind of thing it must be soft, like falls almost like falls off the bone, but mm. not really. And then the sauce that they put on top of it, the soy sauce or whatever, it must be generous. Mm. It must be a generous amount of these things. <gasps> Actually, it's kacap manis. Is it kacap manis? The best one's the kacap manis. Oh my because god, because it's just slightly sweet. I love mm. it. We have so much to say about our favourite foods in Singapore. Right. And, and oh, we, we and never agree. No, people are very fucking precious. About right. It, right, precious like, is they, the word. It's like you say, oh no, your this one chicken rice not as good as this one. It's like, can lead to end of friendship, Kaiwan. It's you true. Know, it's like, like, how could you possibly say that about this restaurant? It says so much about you, yeah. your taste, your family, your ancestors. <laughs> Correct. It speaks right? to your character, kind. It speaks to your character. Like, I think we cannot be friends Correct. anymore. And like people are so territorial about it. And like they will really seek it out one, right? Yeah. Like the more hardcore ones, like, I have to admit I'm not necessarily that like that I'm not that hardcore about Singapore food. Because really? like, for me, if got to queue, I don't want already. Sure, sure. Yeah. But that, but but that, that does not necessarily mean you're not hardcore about Singaporean food. Right? I mean, you still like Singaporean no, food, I think right? I, okay, so like, I feel like I will just settle for a decent to competent version of like of a, a, of a local dish. Like, I don't need it to be the best fucking prawn meat that I've ever had. Sure, you know sure, I mean? neither do I. Yeah, and like, it's it's like if I have to go all the all the way out of my way to go and uh, to get it, right? It's just gonna be like, it's like no, I don't want that. Yeah, correct. I'd rather watch Netflix. Yeah, but I don't know why Singaporeans are so like. Like hung up about food You know what I mean Yeah Like do you, it's just like it's, So you had a theory right What You had a theory about Why Singaporeans are so hung up About the type of food The, the, the specific types of food That they, that, that they enjoy or say This oh, yeah. is the best Because they've taken Everything else away from us You know what I mean What do you mean Like they've taken away Our architecture They like day the la. big day la. They the big day The big day huh? Yeah <laughs> the, the aunties and uncles That be <laughs> Have to get everything away right Our architectural heritage Our languages yeah. Our like uh, our, our access to like Our Our, our migratory homeland They've stripped us They've stripped of all, us of all that Our like, identifiers I mean think about Yeah all these little identifiers right? Think about it right Like your parents for example My parents Their generation they, The city that they grew up in Is completely gone already Oh yeah right? absolutely So little of it remains right Yep And then like Without all these tangible things to root you down to something, like food, literally the thing that your mom may or may not have made for you, becomes that thing that binds you to something. Correct. And it's kind of like, that's why I think people are so territorial about it. So it is the cultural tie, the cultural tether that still can exist. But, But it's also like, Honest Does that make sense Like yeah, there's something Honest about food There's something mm. Very no bullshit About food mm. Right It's like It's either very good 
or it's not. You can mm. tell whatever mother, father, uncles, auntie song you want story about it, right? But if it sucks, it sucks, lah. Yeah, correct. So like, people will line up for good food. People will defend good food. Yeah. Because like. Uh, it's honest, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much about Singapore that's just complete bullshit, right? Every <laughs> once in a while, like, it's nice to have a stick in something that's maybe a little... That's very true. La. That's true, mm. right? And then, like, so many of these um, good Singapore food icons, right, start out from fucking nothing, eh? If you yeah, it's true. It, and right? their, their story is also something very lovely to listen yeah, to. They yeah, are, they're usually very, like, um, you know... Honest you can, workers. Yeah, they're honest, work hardworking. Hard. Yeah. They, they never dreamt that they would be, like, you know... Michelin star chefs or whatever, right? Sure, it's yeah. really just like, oh, I last time very poor. Then, like, oh, my father started this business, then he handed it to me or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, last time we had nothing. So, sell food, law. And then right, we just right. got, we just happened to do it every day until we got very good. And then now we got, you know, regular customers. Yeah, we customers. mastered the recipe, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do, like, so many times now they master this one chili sauce that the chili sauce is not very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's so all I feel thing. like, yeah, and then you know, there's kind of some heart heartwarming of that, right? Like, I would defend that in a way. Like, yeah, I for would, sure. I would defend this story. I would defend this person's like uh, dedication to. Yeah, so I think craft. I think that's what people are defending when they yeah. say like, "Oh, this is the best chicken rice because of the auntie wake up at three a.m. to like yeah. pound the garlic." So or, they're defending all of that. Well, for my parents, right, it's very like a flavor that no longer exists kind of story. So like they will talk about how last time, you know, they like to say last time you can buy like one hundred for fifty cents. Yeah, right. Yeah, and fifty yeah. cents considered expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, twenty true, cents. True. Twenty cents was the standard market. <laughs> Right, <laughs> then they be like, "Oh, nowadays cannot get a kind of flavor already." Mm. Then every time I hear that, I get a bit irritated. I was like, oh, "Why? Can you stop being so sentimental." No lah, you know, but, but then like okay now that I realize it's probably true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Because there's probably things that we are eating now that don't taste the same as when we were kids, right? Like I feel like um, all, a lot of the hawkers have started to die out already. Yeah, or they've they've gone so big, they've mm. they've they like open up different more uh, more outlets or whatever. Then yeah. they like mass produce and then the quality drop. Oh, it's really dropped. So you yeah. know like the. The first hawker who won the Michelin star. I don't know which the one is this. Soy sauce chicken. The oh. Hong Kong, the Hong Kong style soy sauce chicken at Chinatown uh, food center, whatever, Ooh. right? I can't remember his name. Uh, is it he, Yummers? Is it, it so we've I've had it at Chinatown, it's very good. Yeah. And then when he won the Michelin star thing, he exploded lah because he became the world's first street food purveyor, so-called street food purveyor or hawker purveyor. A hawker mm. to win a Michelin star. Really? Yeah. The world's first. Yeah. So he does a kind of like, you know, soy sauce chicken. Uh. And then like uh, he franchised the, the thing and opened like a bar. Ah, yeah. So he opened a bunch of restaurants called Hawker Chan, which is like um, Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah, but the Hawker Chan outlet, the food is terrible. Oh, is it? It's really, really bad. Oh. Yeah, but the or- apparently the original store is still very good. Yeah, so like my parents, right, or my mom, who is a wantan mi aficionado. Oh, wantan mi expert, ah. Yeah, it's actually a bit of a joke in the family how much she loves wantan mi. No, it's just like she's obsessed oh, with I it. Oh, I see, I see. Like, I don't know why, ah. Anyway, okay. Like she has been following this wantan mi hawker. At, she used to be at Lavender uh, Food Market or whatever, right? right? It's called Kokke, Kokki. Uh, wantan mi in Cantonese is Kokke or whatever. Mm. Uh, apparently, they do this very, very traditional old school wantan mi, right? And then the woman is now like, Ancient already, like practically falling off the bone. Oh my god. Like a well braised chicken. What right? an awful description. Yeah. <laughs> but like so um my mom's very sad that like I think the auntie is now closing or Aww. has sold the the brand to some franchisee or de- de- developer, right? But go for her. Lah. Yeah, to just cash out, right? Good. Then but my mom was saying like, oh, you know, like uh now it's gonna change, it won't be the same anymore. Then in my head, I'm just like, yeah, whatever lah, because this woman has worked all her life yeah, selling. Let her rest, let her can. rest, mm. let her cash out and make all this money so Correct. she can like die in peace, right? Correct. Something to give to her children, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, something like yeah, that. It's yeah, it's like because also like 
you know the thing about it, right? Is a lot of these hawkers they don't go on for more than a couple, one or two generations because generally, um, you know, if you were a hawker, you wouldn't necessarily want to hand it down to. It is backbreaking work. Yeah, to your to your to your next to your next generation, right? Like you see some of these people, they start work at what like yeah. five a.m. Yeah, to prepare all the master stocks and sauces oh, yeah. and everything. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, so my parents are hawkers, mm. right? So um, uh, they started off with a drink stall. You know, in, in, they, they still have it, Parkway Parade. Uh, Park in Mar- no, in Marine, Marine Parade, Parade, Marine Parade Food Centre. They still have it. They're still there. Go say hi, guys. Yeah. And then, Apparently, <laughs> auntie's tea is the best. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people say, yeah. my, my mum's tea is very nice. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so then uh, they stopped doing that drink store for a while when I was in primary school. And then they opened up a food, uh, 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 an Indian food stall along Boat Key, like uh, Circular Road. Mm. And my sister and I used to help out all the time there. And it was back-breaking because it, because it was just my mum, my dad, and... Ch- uh, ch- uh, child labor, me and my sister. That was uh, it. Were you paid? No, we were not paid. <laughs> but we, uh, we were made to collect cash. So I, I was, I was doing cashier stuff. So how I was. Long, how long do you do this for? I was prim- Oh god, I can't even remember. I was maybe primary six or sec one or something oh like that. Oh I did that for about a year, and it was horrible because we would go there on Friday, Saturday, and then like I would get so tired. They opened until like three a.m. because for all the the people who finished drinking, right? Oh my god! And my sister and I would fall asleep on sacks of rice, you know, because we were just very tired. So we were just like, yeah, we were, we were you like tired. doing homework at the table. No, no, I didn't. I didn't do any homework. At the you just table. fell asleep on the rice sack. I just fell asleep on oh rice sacks and like onions or whatever. But my mom, you're right. My mom would get up really early. My dad would get up really early. They would go. They would start preparing. They open for lunch, so they would come in at about seven, mm. and they just prepare all the food. It's intense amount of work. And I remember, <laughs> I remember the one time my mom got into a fight with an abing. <laughs> Love it. So <laughs> some clucky abing. So yeah, some clucky abing. So because there's a toilet in the. There's a there's a public toilet in, yeah, yeah. in the in the in the stall, right? So um some drunk people will come and go like, oh, auntie, can I use the toilet? Then my mother got fed out of them because they would like vomit all over the place. It's really, really, really gross. Wait, did they um run the whole place, your yeah. parents? Also oh, they own the, the they, whole kopitiam. They own no, it wasn't a kopitiam, it was just a big ass stall. Ah. Along a circular road. So ah, one of okay, the units, okay. you know, it, then they just transformed it into right. a and Indian a toilet that these buggers wanted to use. Yeah, so this one to use for free lah. Oh. And my mother uh, who would be like, okay, fine, fine. At one point she lost it. Just like no, y'all can't because every time y'all go in, y'all not doing what y'all vomit. It's really gross. So no, then the guy was like, "Oh, auntie, can you like?" I, I can't remember what he said, but basically, he, he riled my mother up so much. My mother, my mother shouted at him <gasps> and wanted to slap him or something. Uh, like, and uh, my dad pulled her back. No, <laughs> I, yeah, I would have given anything to. And do- I just looked at him like, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> Happy Mother's Day It was fantastic to watch Wow We must yeah. be so proud of your mom I, I was a bit shocked That she had it in her But she must have been Super stressed out So like You know a few A few years ago There was this controversy About how like um, uh, I can't remember Which government agency Is in charge of running Hawker centres I think it's NEA um, I, think, I think they Yeah have So it was that, revealed yeah. By a hawker's daughter That a lot of these uh, Hawker stores Are subject to Very tricky Rent uh, agreements Right Where they have to uh, make sure that they turn up to do X amount of work, X mm. number of days, and okay. they also have there are also restrictions on the kind of labor they can employ. Uh, so yes. a lot of them are very understaffed because they can't hire. Yeah, because um, yeah, la, it's so difficult to find employment for these yeah. sort of jobs, especially. And, and so like it's actually so like the structural things in place are make it very difficult actually yeah. for hawkers to be to 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 kind of survive sometimes because also I think there's a cap to how much they can charge for their food as well, mm. or culturally people think that. 
oh, hawker food must shouldn't only, be too expensive. Yeah, which is such a problem, right? Yes. Because we know and you know yeah. like how much work goes into this. Insane. And yeah. often the food is so has so much more integrity than stuff you can find in a yeah. restaurant. Yeah. You know, it's like I think about bachor mee all the time, right? And you said, you know, earlier we started with bachor mee and you were saying like actually it's not that simple a dish. It, it really isn't. isn't. It's yeah. so much work that goes into it, right? But like you people would, would balk at the idea of paying anything more than like three, four dollars yeah. for a bowl of that. But would shell out fifteen dollars for a plate of mediocre pasta. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Correct. So I think I, I don't know. I, I'm all for hawkers is increasing their costs so just so you can take home more money. But people won't pay one. Yeah, but but it's yeah. uh, you're right, like it's an awful thing. It's like terrible. It's so, a bit snooty people about it. People will not la. pay. They'll yeah. be like they'll probably say things like, oh okay, at best they'll be like, okay, la, sure, the food is very good, integrity is good, right? But then like the ambiance like that, how <sighs> I think Singaporeans have become very fucking bougie. We have. Yeah. We have I mean like I will admit this on myself. The same. Yeah. Right. Same note, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you on this, sister. Yes, 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 we have. Wait, you, uh, <laughs> I'm quite embarrassed about this. I'm no, like, like like what you were saying, if we were to think of a good night out, yeah. we would not think, oh, let's go to the Maxwell Hawker store and go and try this, this, this No, food. because hot, right? Because hot. Because the two things I want when I go out and eat on a Friday night is mm. aircon and alcohol. Correct. And, you know, if I'm not going to get that at a hawker store, I'm sorry lah, then it will, go, it will be a restaurant experience. I think this concept would fly in other countries. You know hawkers? what I mean? No, like glam hawker sit-down experiences with cocktails. Oh, it will be unique wah, if you market it like right. oh, no, a remember, Singaporean like, experience. Anthony Bourdain, God bless his soul before he died, right? Yeah. Wanted to um, open a kind of food market slash street food emporium in New York oh, did he where really? he would gather all the street food vendors from his travels from his experiences and, and kind of bring their food to this place oh cute and it would be like a nice like a mache style food hall yeah right <laughs> um, that just makes me think about how like Singapore food like it's now Singapore Malaysian food is having a bit of a moment abroad. Yes. Right? Like when we've been to New York, for example, right? Like uh we've been to a couple of Singapore Malaysian restaurants there. Which ones? I think there was one called Nonya. Okay. Do I don't was, I don't actually but do okay. remember. Or oh, maybe it wasn't that. Maybe trip. it wasn't with me, yeah. Yeah, but like they serve like Pranakam food and they serve like hawker food. Yeah. Uh, in, like, Good or not? Yeah, wait, wait. In nice glam location, la. Okay. Because you know more they eat out must have a sense. Must have atmosphere. Right? Yeah, must have atmosphere. Yeah, especially if you're gonna pay tip. In US you will pay correct, tip correct. some more. The food was like okay to bad. See, like, that's the thing because yeah, okay the, you, to bad. very difficult for for uh, for overseas people to actually find the correct ingredients correct. to make the correct rempa to correct. make the correct things to actually kena that flavor you know to mm. actually hit that flavor. But mm. what to do? No, actually, the most egregious thing about Nonya for me, right, was that on the table, that in the the chopsticks holder, yeah, all the chopsticks were mismatched. <gasps> oh, very sweet, like. I was very offended by that. Very you know, it's like, can you please though? I know you think it's very like edgy or cute mm, or whatever, whimsical right? or whimsical, yeah, but please, uh, mismatched chopsticks is can invite doom on your family. <laughs> Please, uh. So I worked in a laksa restaurant when I was in London, right? Yeah. So it's a Malaysian laksa restaurant. So FYI, dear listeners, you know, like, I wasn't living a glamorous life. Uh. No, okay, bitch, was, bitch had to work. I slogged my ass off. Yeah, okay. She was a woman about town working. I was a woman about town working. <laughs> and uh, I worked as a manager at a laksa, a laksa restaurant, the floor manager, right? Yeah. And it was, like, really fun. But, like, we would get Asian customers coming in all the time, complaining about how, like, the food wasn't quote-unquote authentic. Yeah, or they would complain about the price. And then okay. I just, like... Could not find the. I was just like, it's so frustrating, right? Because you you have to be polite to them, but really, what you want to say is like, auntie, do what do you expect? Yeah, do you know how much the rent for this place costs? Yeah, do you know how much this thing costs to import or not? Ah, uh, yeah, that's it's the like, thing, right? Mm. You if you're not prepared to pay this kind of price, then, then don't like come. don't come. Don't come. It's like you know how this game works. Yeah, right? go eat fish and chips. Go eat fish and chips. <laughs> where like they catch the fish from the river. Yeah, correct. Where the you know? only flavor profile is vinegar. Correct. <laughs> 
you want this kind of like flavor profile, you got to pay for it, girl. Yeah, because like, we are, you know how far we are from the tropics and the home, girl. <laughs> it's like this part of the world, no flavor one. The grass got no flavor one. Whereas our part of the world, the grass got lemon flavor. Yeah, it's because sometimes lemon they- grass. <laughs> hey, now it's time for lukewarm takes with two elder millennials that's us that's us talk about something that's happening in the world and what are we going to talk about today joel it's everybody's favorite american holiday thanksgiving Thanksgiving. (laughs) oh my god you know i don't understand why singaporeans celebrate thanksgiving let's pause right there i'm just gonna singaporeans Never used to celebrate Thanksgiving. I feel like it's a very specifically 2020 thing when suddenly everybody's celebrating fucking Thanksgiving. But okay, there were a few aberrant ones in the past. That's interesting. You think it's a 2020 thing? I noticed a definite uptick in the number of people celebrating Thanksgiving. Hmm. I think because we're all so bored by this pandemic that we're just like, let's just have a dinner. Any fucking excuse to celebrate. Any excuse to have a social activity, right? Correct. Um and like ne- and like okay then they'll probably tell some some hokey story like oh yeah we should give Thanksgiving that we uh we should be thankful that we never died this year. Right? <laughs> thankful that we can still meet in yeah, groups of five. Yeah, thankful that we can meet in five in America <laughs> where they're actually having Thanksgiving they cannot you know. Yeah, lo- but they still mm. do it anyway. <laughs> That's why I still got COVID. No, no, but is it true? Is that what you've noticed? Like, this yeah. is a particular uptick of I Thanksgiving in 2020? I definitely noticed a definite uptick in Thanksgiving celebrations in, in Singapore. Singapore. Yeah, which yeah. I found bizarre, right? Because it's like, ugh, seriously, just like, Singaporeans love it, you know? Like, the fact that Singaporeans celebrate St. Patrick's Day is yet another kind of like, um, kind of like That one huh? is just because, so that the bars can make money, they dye their beer green, all this nonsense, yeah. right? So, okay, it's a, I, I think Thanksgiving is whatever. It's just a dinner, right? Like, that's what some people say, like, oh, what's wrong with having a a dinner but, what's wrong with having a dinner to give thanks but that's not exactly what it is right it's, you can't divorce the whole history from the no definitely not yes. you can't so it's like actually you 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 say it's a dinner to give thanks and that's in fact even a lot of Americans do that right where they say like okay we're gonna uh, like honour that this is a holiday that has very problematic roots but we're really doing like a, a, a dinner in, 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 in giving thanks for like the things that we're thankful for Perfectly fine sentiment, but it's like how can you separate? Yeah, you can. Um, the 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 day, the holiday, the fact that this day has been marked out for this purpose from the history, from the history of that, of all of which it. we as we now know is basically genocide, la. Yeah, I mean, la, Yeah, yeah. It was like just a little bit. Of it was genocide. like a particularly good day in the history of genocide. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like how it's like. I think the story of Thanksgiving reminds me of that story from the 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 World War Two uh, battlefield where like the French and English forces on Christmas Day on did they pause? Yeah, they paused to like have a to celebrate Christmas. Are you serious? Yeah, and then they crossed the field uh, and they shake hands, shake hands, shake hands, hand, hand, play games, and, and then, then next day they, they went and they shooting each other. That's really bizarre. Yeah. What Thanksgiving lah? It's the same sentiment, right? It's like this history of genocide. Oh, let's set aside, set that aside. What a strange dual mindset yeah, to be in. To mark the one day where we manage to sit down, at, uh, they manage to sit down at the table and have like a perfectly nice meal together. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because uh, my favorite story about Thanksgiving, I think, is the one where like after the Thanksgiving dinner, right? Like the 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 pilgrims went on to give like the the Native Americans some heinous disease or another. <laughs> I think because they didn't have a good immune system. Like, yeah, exactly. That's it, like. So, you know, uh, old world disease got imported to new world area. Correct. So, kasian lah. Yeah. All sorts of shit. Yeah, so <laughs> let's hold this history of genocide in our heads as we consider <laughs> fucking Singaporeans celebrating Thanksgiving with turkey and cranberry sauce. And, uh, the, basically, the works. I'm like... <sighs> you know, if you want to give thanks, do it on like Friday, every Friday. Yeah, every Friday. Every Friday. Like the Catholics do. <laughs> Or some Hindus who go vegetarian, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah some just, sort of thanks. You know, give thanks to the world for like, you know, giving you life yeah. every Friday. Yeah, maybe donate Thanksgiving lah. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, or like, give thanks every day of your life. Correct. Maybe. Yeah. Because 
Thanksgiving also comes with all sorts of other shit and the biggest shit that Thanksgiving comes along with is Black Friday. Oh, good grief. Right? And I really, really, really don't like the whole commercial aspect of Black okay, Friday. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what Black Friday is and count yourselves lucky that you don't, Yeah, right? how, how... It's this, like, great. it's a... Okay, I, okay, I don't know the specific history of Black Friday, but, like, it's in the US and actually in many parts of the world. Yep. It's the, it's the Friday after Thanksgiving where... I believe so, Yeah, yes. it's the Friday after Thanksgiving where, like, there is just... Where, where a lot of businesses go into massive sales mm-hmm. to encourage just, like, the most, like, horrific... Uh, acts, kind, of purchase, acts of purchasing yeah. yeah Right And then like We've seen in the states right Oh there are horrific videos Of people just Clamouring on top of one another To get to the last Xbox or, yeah. like, As the malls open their doors Truly. They just trample on Truly. one another And like It's like that scene from Like that great zombie movie Which one? Uh, so many walking Yeah the like, one where they They clamber over each other To get to cross the wall But basically yeah. that's it They're like zombies <laughs> Yeah Right basically. And I'm like What the fuck We are better than this But you know what We're really not Are we really <laughs> better than like really Consumption Red in two things Claw. I don't know. No. So like this this Black Friday, because I I'm in search of a, a monitor from like my laptop situation, right? Like yeah. this other monitor situation. Right? I want to go and buy it. I thought I thought myself, okay, you know what? It's Black Friday weekend mm. here in Singapore. I thought like you know what? It'll be a good time to buy something on uh, on the cheap. But when I went online, I actually got really disgusted with myself. I know it sounds very snooty to say, like, as if I'm, a, like, I'm beyond this or I'm above this, but I felt really grossed out with myself for purchasing something on Black Friday and I just right. didn't. So, like, on that Friday, I thought I would head into town because I needed to buy, like, a pan for something, like a cooking pan. Oh, um, like a frying pan situation. Yeah, frying pan because yeah. I, I need one. So, I, I, I was completely ignorant of the fact that it was Black Friday. Yeah. Slash did not think that it was marked in Singapore at all. Mm. Naive little me gets off at Orchard Station Ayo. at like 4pm on a Friday afternoon Friday la. and I'm just like huh why is it so crowded and I was like okay okay panic Friday, attack panic Friday. attack what? yeah panic attack and fine now I go to Takashimaya because I want to go to the department store there right? yeah 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 there is a winding queue kitchen across the queue. whole floor oh. people queuing to get into this department store mm. so I think okay maybe not this one I don't know what's happening today why is it so crowded okay and I think maybe Christmas time coming right so I go to Tang's the other department yeah, yeah, store yeah same thing really stretching around the fucking block winding around like a snake trying to eat his tail that's right. amazing. This that massive queue. queue for a department store. That's amazing. The queue, the, no, the sales must have been off the charts, lah. It must have been like an amazing number of sale items, and like people just what? queuing to get it, lah. For what? Bed I don't know. Sheets? Like couches. What <laughs> do they sell in department store? Bed sheet. I know frying pans. Frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> I got so angry You, you got know? angry I got ah. so angry then I, then I met my friend Joel Kang Who's back in Singapore by the way Hi Joel like, Hi Joel mm. And then I was like Joel why is it so crowded Then he went You don't know man It's Black Friday And then I was just like Oh then it hit is then it Then it hit me And I got so angry oh. I got so angry Like really must man Yeah really must man Is really the, is the thing you know, Is the feeling It's like We, we Okay it's bad enough That we already live under this Like American new imperialism yeah. Where we celebrate Their genocide holiday right <laughs> And then now we give in to that kind of like capitalist machine. Bacc- yeah. Bacchanal. Yeah, correct. Bacchanal the, is the, correct. That capitalist Bacchanal <laughs> where the, all these consumption demons come out and yeah. like for like It's like, really hungry goes for, for for like buying things. Correct. It really is. Correct. We maybe we need to burn offering. Uh. <laughs> yeah, correct. During Black Friday we should burn offering. We should offering, just burn right? offering to look to Singapore for yeah. Singaporeans. Oh my god, it's so bad, you know. Like I remember yeah. the first Black Friday, um I got scolded. When you got scolded? I, yeah, when, when I was living abroad, right? Then I, I went online during Black Friday because I didn't know what it was about. And I said, hey, how come everything's so cheap? So I was like, I, was like, I bought like a tissue paper. 
wet wipes lah. Kleenex, Kleenex uh, actually. Uh, okay. Boxes of Kleenex to stock up in my room, right? I, I, I cheerfully thing. posted about it on social media. Cause like, I look at this great deal on tissue paper I got. Ah. I, I kid you not. And then some like lecturer, academic type who happened to be following me goes like, Joel, you really should not participate. Part- be participating in Black Friday. And I was like, hmm. why? I just wanted tissue paper. Oh. And then like, I went to Google and I was like, oh, okay, because you know, like the capitalist more of yeah. Jeff Bezos, right? Correct, yeah. Because, you know, you feed the capitalist machine. Correct. Mm. Oh, as if like, oh God, as if it's bad, bad enough that we live in this world. But no, now I, we have like Jeff Bezos I also, basically running the world. I also hear us speak and I go like, we sound like the most obnoxious people. Yeah, you know? but then you tell me if there's a 60% sale on a computer, you will buy it now. Of course lah. I will buy lah, but yeah. it's just that I also feel a little bit gross about it that I participated in it. No, honestly, I feel like living in the 21st century, living through this moment in capitalism is to wait through a... a this a, murky yeah, shit. Yeah, a swamp of, yeah. of complicity. Yeah. Everything you do is tainted by like knowledge of your participation in something that is truly cynical and evil. Yes. Right? Everything you do, whether it's like your carbon footprint or like the way this object you're eating or consuming traces back to like exploitative labor conditions or, you know, like, you know, the fact that you can get your parcel on the same day as you order it is probably off the back of some exploited delivery person or fulfillment center officer or worker. You know, everything we do. Even the... Even the grab that we use, yeah. the, the grab food, the grab anything that Everything we use. Everything is yeah. basically on the backs of someone else, yeah. right? And it's just like, you, you see, this is the horrible thing about living through this moment. My God, it, the fact it, that you have to sit in it is horrible. Yeah. Eh. It, it, the, this is the horrible thing about living in this moment is you sit in it and everything that is calculated for your comfort, is, is it comes at a horrible ethical uh-huh. price. And it's just about whether or not you know about it or whether or not you're willfully ignorant of yes, it. Yes, correct. <sighs> it's so horrible You know what Maybe I should just Buy the monitor Yeah you should just Buy the monitor <laughs> So that you can enjoy Like you know Life while you can right And then like The world is just Going to explode On itself And then it'll be over <sighs> Happy Black Friday Happy Black Friday Happy genocide everyone <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Fuck the world Seriously I'm just so upset now <laughs> Alrighty, it's time for our third and final segment. Yep, yep, yep. Bite-sized science! Yes. The segment in which our resident science expert, Kishin Kumar Singh, it's gives me. us some bite-sized science to help us survive the 21st century. Correct. What do we have today, Kishin? So, 1st December, it was World AIDS Day. Mm. So, it's just, uh, just like last week or something like that. Yeah. So, I thought like, because there's so much misconception and so much like poor understanding surrounding HIV AIDS, I thought like, hey, we should drop some science. Yeah. I know, and the know, best you... the best way to memorialize the people who have lost their lives and who live under the shadow of HIV AIDS is to clear the fog of ignorance around. Correct them, to I educate this, to educate people about and it to and remove to, this ignorance and yeah. to talk about it to talk about it yeah. exactly to normalize conversations surrounding HIV uh, on HIV AIDS. That's right, right? Mm. Yeah. So. I, uh, if you are friends with me on Instagram, you would have seen a bunch of my stories about this. So I just thought, you know what? Let's put it on yeah. the podcast. Let's amplify the science. Amplify because the science. Because we need a science-based approach to yeah, HIV AIDS. Not, really not a fear or morality-driven one. Yeah, absolutely right. Thank okay. you for that, sister. Anytime. <laughs> so first, no, first, first question is like, what's the difference between HIV and AIDS? That's so, a good one. No, you know this, Joel, right? So what's mm. the difference between HIV and AIDS? Come on. Uh, HIV is the virus. Yeah. AIDS is the full-blown late stage disease that's associated with HIV infection. Correct. A- absolutely right. So mm. HIV, like what Joel said, is the virus. And if you leave it untreated, then only will it become AIDS. And that usually takes uh, sometimes 10 years. Yeah. If it, like I said, if it's untreated. And that's now with treatment readily mm. available, it's actually very rare. Yeah. And actually, some people still very flippantly say, oh, he's got AIDS. 
It's yeah. like, you know, no. No? No. no. People, yes. There are many people who live with HIV yeah. who never go to full-blown AIDS. Absolutely. Nowadays, right? Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, so I think it's important to know the distinction between what HIV is and what AIDS is. That's so, right. Uh, so just, you know, just for your information. Also important uh, here, the distinction between a sexually transmitted infection and a sexually transmitted disease. Mm. In fact, the language has shifted on that. Yes, definitely. Uh, when we were younger, it was called STDs. Yeah, but now, now it's, it's STI. Because like an infection... If properly treated, does not progress to a disease. In fact, you don't pick yep. up a disease; you pick up an infection, infection that yeah. later becomes a disease. Yeah, right. So there's, there's so there, you know, there's so much to be said about using correct language when yeah. you talk about these things because yeah. it really reduces stigma. Yeah. It reduces correct. Yeah, it basically gives a correct, lot of people because it's like people who are infected are not necessarily diseased. Disease, exactly. Yeah, there we go. So it's quite important to know that lah. Mm. So. I mean, I'm sure many, many people know that HIV is an infection that affects uh, that, that, in, that affects your immune cells. So all the cells that basically help you fight off an infection mm. get compromised, right? And so because of that, it's really quite a terrible sort of uh, infection like, because yeah. then you, your body basically is... Waste away. Waste yeah. away. When or it it's acceptable to horrible infections. Exactly, right? all yeah. these opportunistic infections, right? Mm. Yeah, so when it gets late stage, you, you get susceptible to all these opportunistic infections. But... Does HIV spread easily? Now, HIV spreads uh, is transmitted specifically through sexual fluids, right? So this is like semen, semen basically cum, pre cum. <laughs> I love that we both say yeah. semen so loud. Cum, pre cum, cum, pre cum. Um, blood, v- vaginal fluid, blood, uh, breast milk, mm. rectal fluids. It does not spread through kissing. Or so, saliva. Or la. saliva. Uh, it does not spread through touch, sharing food. Uh, in Singapore, there was a thing about sharing toilet bowls. Do you remember this or not? No, I don't. So uh, when when HIV landed in Singapore, so people were very... This like, was in the 80s. Right? Uh, yeah, I think also early 90s. Full-blown in the 90s. Yeah, full-blown yeah. in the 90s. And people were very scared because like, no education about this, right? No yeah. one knew about this and, and no one bothered to find out. People were very scared about sharing toilet seats because about the public toilet with HIV-infected people oh. because they thought like contact, any sort of contact would cause transmission. And right. the, the one place that you have contact with random strangers is on the toilet seat. So la. what do they do? So, so a lot of education say like, no, you don't get it ah, to toilet seat. You don't, right. need to, you don't need to kanchong. I mean, to be fair, it's the same now, right? During the COVID pandemic when like for a time before we knew the information, we were worried about touching surfaces. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Right. Yeah. So, well... Setting the record straight, you can't get it from touching, sharing or food. casual contact. Or casual it's contact. a pretty involved kind yeah. of transmission, right? There's actually yeah. even uh, no evidence to suggest that it's being trans- uh, that it can be transmitted from mosquitoes. You know, by mosquitoes. Like, basically, oh. it bites an uh, HIV-infected person and then right. after that, it goes on to feed on an HIV-uninfected person. There's no transmission yeah, there. Because yeah. if it were, right, like, you know... Yeah, you would see more. La, yeah. But there isn't. La, so, mm. hey, great. Good to know good to know right mm. I think the one question I get asked with uh, the most is why is there no cure mm. for HIV and I think the simplest answer to this is that the virus just mutates the fuck too much she, she's a she's a frisky she's one she's a frisky one she's a bitch mm. so it's very difficult to pin down and uh, and to create a vaccine lah it's mm. very difficult to do that. But there's a lot of research being done and it's all you know, it's moving in the right direction. And I think people want this vaccine to happen. People want a cure to happen. So a lot of scientists are putting in a lot of effort, which is great. Mm. The one thing that I found interesting in my my research about a vaccine is that COVID-19 has actually stopped HIV research. Because <gasps> when the pandemic hit, all resources, all scientific resources were put to like dealing with this COVID-19. Ah. So uh so HIV research, which is a viral vi- uh, research on a virus, right? All that knowledge was taken and put into COVID-19 right. to deal with that first. Because, you know... 
on, on, a, on a related and equally tragic note, right? I think um, before a while ago, maybe a year or two ago, there was a fatal plane crash which contained some of the leading minds on HIV research because they were all flying what? to attend a, a conference on HIV AIDS and they were all lost on that flight. That's, yeah. that's so sad. It, it was very heartbreaking to, to, to read they that. They all piece. flew on the same plane. Ah. Yeah. I think next time please spread your flights out. Spread your flights out. Yeah, but rest you know like peace. how parents yeah. don't want to do, do, they sometimes don't if they don't travel with their children they refuse to sit on same flights. Oh, like so mum and dad don't do that. Yeah. Mm. So mum and dad said we'll take separate flights. Right. Yeah. So, so I think mm. uh, leading scientific minds consider. Yeah, consider, consider like staggering your flights. Yeah, like, you yeah. are the parent of society. Correct, correct. Correct. Yeah, correct. Please don't. Uh, please don't. So even though there's no cure, HIV is extremely manageable. So I was mm. reading somewhere that some people uh, equate HIV now to diabetes as a chronic illness. Oh, as in the same level of manageability. The same level of manageability, babe. Because uh, if you have diabetes, what do you do? You just take insulin shots, right? Yeah. You take uh, every day, you must take like, maybe two insulin shots, depending. Right. And if you are HIV positive, you take a bunch of tablets or maybe or maybe even only one tablet every right. day. Right. So it's reached that sort of manageability, yeah, which the, is amazing. The, 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 the phrase people like to throw out is like, it's no longer a death sentence. It really isn't. Which people take very lightly nowadays. What do you mean? The, this like, oh, HIV is not a death sentence, which harkens back to the time when it really was. Yeah. Like, um, so I've been, as I'm working on a film project now that mm-hmm. has to, that's set in New York in the 1980s at the peak oh. um, of wow. the HIV crisis in one of the great HIV AIDS epicenters of the world, mm. right? And I'm just talking to people who live through that time right now and it's just incredibly fucking sobering. Really? Like, like we, we take it for granted now gay people especially because yeah. you know like it's been primarily associated with um, our demographic right because of the history of its distribution sure. and so on and so forth um, and you you just forget how devastating it was like these people were saying that they were young these were young people in New York at the time were got used to attending friends funerals um, if someone didn't turn up for something, you just assume that he died. Oh my god! People like wasted away before your eyes. Yeah. Um, whole friendship, like imagine just, like an entire WhatsApp group of people disappearing overnight. Oh, that's very that's, very that's, horrifying. That's, that's the level of decimation. Can you imagine that we're talking about? That the, this is what people lived through in the eighties. Eh? Yeah. And it, oh, it must have been such an awful time to truly, see your friends it, just totally disappear. Truly, it was, and like so much like uh literature has been produced on it, and it's all so heartbreaking because like um, the politics of it were incredibly incendiary as well right yeah. we, can, we can talk about it more later I guess but mm. like you know for a long time in the states at least there was no government uh, action government healthcare action taken to, oh, during the Reagan administration during the Reagan right? administration they really just ignored it because they just like um, they took it as a moral issue and yep. they're like oh only the gays are getting affected Let's, who gives a fuck right let's ignore all of that thousands of people just dropping like flies oh my goodness and you know the the federal, <sighs> federal drug administration doing nothing about it, not releasing drugs. Um, you know, probably uh, not doing any research. Not on doing it, any maybe. research on it. And you think about how that probably set back. You know, yeah, the 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 the, the, the treatment for 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 years and years. Yeah, how many lives were lost? As a exactly, result? and yeah. I, I think like it was only in the late nineteen nineties or early two thousands where uh, where proper antiretroviral therapy became available for people that that didn't cause a lot of side effects. So yeah. the early ones really caused a lot of side. effects. Yeah. People were very nauseous. They were vomiting. They were. Yeah. They had also all other issues. Hallucinations. Really? Oh yeah. gosh, that's terrible. Mm. So you know, uh, yeah, I, oh, fucked up. No, like, I mean, the there's, there's, there's a lot. This the reason why we commemorate HIV AIDS at all every year, right? Is mm. because like it really just tore through 
like the world. It really did. Uh, so many lives were lost, so meaningless. Yeah. And so many lives were lost because people sat back and did nothing. Of homophobia. Yeah. And you know, bigotry and um, moral, moral self righteousness yeah. and all of that. And it continues to this day. You know, it really does continue to this day. Like, uh, this, uh, I'm just going to go on a bit of a tangent. No, please. Mind. Like, yeah. the Singapore, like, it wasn't until this year, was it not, Kishin? That was it, Truvada, the leading um, one of like, okay, basically like HIV, HIV treatment. Like, yeah. HIV treatment, which has come so far from the Yeah, it really days, has. Right? Um, you could not claim uh, medical subsidies for it here in Singapore. Yeah, until right? only this year. This year, I believe. Literally yeah. this year, it was, was finally put mm. onto the registry of drugs that you could claim a subsidy Unbelievable, for. Which you means know. that a lot of people who were living with HIV, uh, HIV mm. uh, would have to get their treatment from places like Bangkok. Yeah. Imagine or- we live in one of the most ad- medically advanced cities in Southeast Asia mm. and people living with one of like the most like treatable in fact yep. deadly de- uh, deadly infections had to source for their subsidized source for medication elsewhere because it was too expensive here yeah yeah it's unbelievable unbelievable right? yeah i mean ugh. and like i my my thesis is that the reason why like the singapore government is so like uh, about hiv aids um is because it's still seen here as a largely moral phenomenon of course yeah religious fundamentalists would not I, I don't know how they would feel if the government were to support yeah med- to uh, openly subsidize yeah, medication and, right and provide more transparent uh testing yeah and stuff you know like to destigmatize HIV AIDS in Singapore yeah. would be seen as a kind of moral action because it's been so historically associated with the, the gay community yeah. homosexual community exactly that, yeah so it's like even things like a few years ago when like the health promotion board put up like a gay uh, a safe gay sex or gay health uh, advisory yeah, I think on it was website 2018 yeah that. fundamentalist Christians flocked to that website and complained to HPB to make them take it down all for saying things like uh Here's how you can have safe sex as a gay. Did HPV take it down? I don't think they did. They did. Uh. They did take it down. Fuck right off. Yeah. Oh, they did. that's awful. It's just truly abhorrent. Yeah. The 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 kind of like you know the the if you think about the deep heritage of like the moral position that's taken against HIV AIDS and the lies that were lost and the fact that we continue to live in that shadow and uh, and and maintain some of these attitudes. And yeah. Is is in it's like reprehensible. That's it really is. Yeah. <sighs> So I don't know. No, sorry. I, I, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally okay. I I, I appreciate this like cultural background, <laughs> the historical no, background. It's because so, it's so much. You're really right. I think I think like what you were telling me just now, the safe sep- the safe sex practices that we even have today, like you know, if you want to have sex with someone, you put a condom yeah. on and you don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. I think it harkens back to no, the day where correct. we actually no, no to the nineteen eighties, right? Where, exactly. Where people were told no, to so, have safe sex. So much of contemporary safe sex practices across whatever sexuality you inha- you you have, right? Yeah. Owes to community organizing amongst queer and gay people living through HIV AIDS because in the absence of government policy in state, the United States, right, the community had to rally itself and go, okay, what do we know? It's sexually transmitted. Yeah. Everybody stop having stop sex. having unprotected sex or stop having sex in general. Yeah. You know, if you if oh, use a condom, God. you know, so like as a lot of the people that we're talking to for this project I was talking about say that there was a period of time in the 80s when you, you just stopped having sex because, you know, sex became this dangerous, dirty thing. Can you imagine how isolated the community must have felt to just be abandoned by the government? Oh, of course. And like, yeah. you, you see the disease tearing through the community and the government just yeah. turned blind eye and then now it's up to you yeah. all these ground up efforts yeah. to actually tell people stop it stop yeah. it I mean oh that, my that god is, that, I mean that's truly like Ugh. you know that's what 
community organizing used to look like. ACT UP that was formed in response to oh, in yeah. the states that was formed in response to this kind of government negligence. Mm. Um, you know, a really radical left kind of uh, uh, community organize organizing, right? Like one of their most memorable protests. Um, Aesthetics was to all they would all lie down. Um, I think in coffins or something outside. Um, or they would just lie down. They would have a die in, where all these protesters would just lie down outside, like some government building, and say, "You are killing us!" Literally. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because that's literally so what stuff, the government yeah, was that's doing. What, that's what's happening. Yeah. <sighs> but now look, now look. Okay, so yeah. we have we have the medicine right, and and if you get tested early, I think the research showed that you actually live. A healthy, normal life, yeah, uh, a, a lifespan of like an uh, of a of a, a person who's HIV negative, yeah, which is uh, just mind blowing, you know, yeah. to think think about that. And I think what's important to remember, and the, uh, when I was, I I told you that I put a lot of this story, a lot of these information up on my Instagram stories, right? And I got a lot of response on one of the stories, which was that undetectable uh, means untransmittable. Oh, as in a lot of people responded to this fact. Yeah, uh, right. because they didn't know about it. Mm. So, just going to break it down a little bit. So, when you take uh, like antiviral uh, antiviral th- uh, drugs, right, Your uh, if you're HIV positive, your HIV viral load basically goes down to undetectable levels, which mm. means that if a doctor were to test you for HIV, you could you couldn't get it. You couldn't read it on on normal on normal like. So if the viral methods, load in your body is low enough, you could low. not. You cannot transmit it. You cannot. Uh, yeah. You so you can't transmit. So mm. when you become that, uh, when you become undetectable, you basically become untransmittable. And so if like people who are undergoing modern Anti- treatment, ther- therapy, anti- yeah. antiviral therapy, la, yeah, therapy for HIV will reach. Undetectable level. Undet- yeah, they right. will. In fact, they will have to follow up with a doctor many times to make sure that they're on the right medication right. to get them to this undetectable right. level. So it's not even like, oh, you're positive. It's like, yes, I'm positive, but undetectable, I'm undetectable which yes. means I cannot transmit the virus. To which you. means I right. cannot transmit the virus. That is very exactly. important because, like, I think a lot of people are still preoccupied with the positive part. Yes. But actually, it's it's it doesn't mean you know yeah. it doesn't mean what so it used like, to. Two yeah. or three studies were conducted. You know where uh they had um. Zero discordant partners. So zero discordant partners basically means uh, a couple where one is positive and one is negative. Mm. And uh, the, the positive the positive person was on uh, was on the correct drugs, right. and undetectable, and this and they just did longitudinal study to see what happened. So th- this was a, a, a romantic couple. You yeah, mean. yeah, ah. the actual actual the couples, for actual, example. yeah, uh, boyfriends, yeah, actual couples, and none of them. None of the negative pe- per- persons were positive at the right. end of it. So this proved that, and they were all having like uh, unprotected sex. Some right. protected, some unprotected. But basically, it proved that if you are undetectable, you are mm. untransmittable. That's and important. It's so important to know. But it's so important to also remember to still use condoms because now that many people uh, have this U equals to U thing, untransmittable equals to un- uh, undetectable equals to untransmittable, many people want to have unprotected sex, but they forget that there are other STIs out oh, there. just lurking around the yeah, corner. lurking around the corner going, Good hey! old syphilis yeah. from the 19th century. Gonorrhea and Gonorrhea. chlamydia. Ooh, all these pretty names. All these pretty yeah. names, exactly. And the danger with these viruses is that they might become... Uh, so resistant to antibiotics, uh, yeah, that that then we don't have any antibiotics to cure, uh, yeah. to cure these things anymore, right. to treat these things anymore. So, still wear condoms, still protect yourself. And uh, I mean, obviously, negotiation is key. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, right. Nego- you're right. Negotiation is key. So important. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I I don't know. I find the U equals to U thing important, especially important today. Do you know what I find yeah. miraculous that in all of this is um the fact that we can now get PrEP 
So like Oh yeah Yeah so like Those of you who are listening Right PrEP is a Is a drug Which is basically A kind of dose Of the antiviral drug mm. That you were describing Right where yeah. Like if you take Enough of it On a regular enough basis It builds your uh, Your body's immunity To resistance To To To, to HIV So Correct. that basically What it means is that You could take this drug uh, And You could have Unprotected sex With someone who has HIV and can transmit it and your body you would not become infected and you have a lower you have a lower, lower a much much lower chance practically yeah. like negligible chance yeah negligible of chance of getting infected by it and it's become like so widespread amongst um, I think primarily gay men f- yeah. with, for, for, for whom like this is a you know a key kind of thing right yeah but but the corollary to that is that so many people, as you say, having so much unprotected sex that like they they become susceptible to all the yeah. other in fact, sexually transmitted infections. There has been a rise in syphilis. A number <laughs> of people are getting infected: syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia. Yeah, and you know it's treatable. I mean, but these are all like thankfully they're thankfully all treatable. treatable yeah. Although, like the thought of people going around with noses falling off. Syphilis, syphilis is the <laughs> nose falling off one, right? Yeah, yeah. What do they, do they call it? Consumption. The last no time? consumption is uh uh what t t t b oh t b tuberculosis. Yeah. I forgot what syphilis. No syphilis is the one that your nose falls off and then you go slightly insane. Yeah, correct, correct. Because it does affect your brain in late stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the rest are all just like the the relevant parts become crusty, got pus. Yellow discharge. Okay, but this leads me to the final thing that I want to say about this, and that is please know your status mm. I think there's so much stigma mm. uh, surrounding getting tested right. that people don't get tested and it's like what a fuck right. you know and that's not okay mm. because if you know your status and you and if let's say you turn out to be HIV positive but you get the treatment not only do you protect yourself and then you know live a, norm, a relatively normal healthy life but you also protect other people and you prevent the spread of the disease it sounds so like duh common yeah. sense but I don't know. No, there's so much stigma surrounding there it. There is so much stigma surrounding it. I mean, in Singapore, it's not just around sexually transmitted infection. It's just around sex in general. You're right. You know, like, our sex education has failed us by and large. Agreed. People are, like, think that it's something dirty or something taboo that you don't talk about. But it's, come on. Like, just go and get yourself tested. Mm. It's a painless, like, fairly inexpensive yeah. process. You, The information you get from that could be life-saving. Exactly. Yeah. It is frightening, I grant you. Mm. Like, I've, had, I've had tests... I've I've been tested before and I, I, I do it every six months and it's frightening but mm. you need to it's do it. It's frightening la. just because ev- you just never know, yeah. right? But you just never know. I like, um, you know, like DSC Clinic does anonymous testing. They do. Yeah. And like, I think like the one thing I'm very proud of is that like, um, because of the deep tragic history of HIV AIDS in the gay community, right? The gay community has been so good at organizing itself around uh, sexual health practices. Oh, that's true. You know what I mean? So like, uh, you know, gay men just like generally know to just go and get tested because if you're having a lot of uh, if you're having a lot of casual sex, it's what you do. But it's not just gay men who are having casual sex, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Everyone's having casual sex, but is everyone going and get tested? No, I don't think so. Yeah, fact, and you know what? Yeah. Like you know, like HIV AIDS may have started out as a primarily gay phenomenon for whatever reason. I'm but sorry. like, hello, it's equal opportunity yeah, now infection. It's an eh. Equal opportunity. Are you human? Yeah. Yes, if you're human, the human immunodeficiency <laughs> virus will get you yeah. if you're not careful. Correct. Okay? Yeah. So I I I I I agree. I hate this whole idea that this is a gay disease. Yeah. It really isn't. Everybody can kena. Mm. In fact, a recent uh, newspaper article said that uh, the, of of the of the HIV infections that happened in 2020, 
there was almost an equal number of homosexuals and heterosexual in uh, infections yeah, in Singapore. Mm. Almost an equal number. Then I'm like, okay lah, please stop this nonsense song about this being a gay disease. Everybody needs to be aware that yeah. you can get infected by this and you need to take steps to prevent and protect yourself. That's it though. I do think it's sometimes important to acknowledge that there is a, 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 a gay history to this disease For sure. that is so like yeah. uh, important to talk about. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, when, when it first emerged in the world, it was spreading, like, wildfire through the gay community. Like, For because, sure. like, let's be real, right? Gay men, very promiscuous, and it's a sexually yeah. transmitted disease. It's going to happen in that way. But, like, the more I reflect on the history, the sadder and sadder it becomes. Because, like, I've been talking to a lot of these people who live in New York at the time, right? And they were telling me, you know, New York in the 70s, the US in the 70s, right, was, like, this was experiencing this great cultural efflorescence because of like the meeting of various civil mm. rights movements. All sorts of liberation. Yeah. So you had, you know, gay liberation, queer liberation, women's lib, right. uh, the, 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 the African-American civil rights uh, movement in the 60s. And it's all kind of like coming to a head in the 70s, the free love movement. Yeah. People were having like an amazing time in the yeah. 70s, living free. Um, and then it just so happened that this virus, which actually had been in the human population as early as... 1920s. What, the 1920s, right? Yeah. You know, just found its way into 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 a, a promiscuous community, let's yep. put it that way. And it spread like wildfire. And Its it, effects were only felt 10 years later in part, the 1980s. Yeah, in the 80s, right. Yeah. And then because of, I think, like the conservative backlash against you know, uh, uh, a liberation movement, the virus took on a moral dimension. Yeah. And that's when things get really bad. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like when a virus, which is essentially an, an a, a, a ideologically neutral thing, becomes <laughs> yeah. saddled with a moral narrative, that's when people die unnecessarily. You know what I mean? And that's when you have presidents who do nothing. Yeah, I like. think like one of the people I was talking to was saying that, like, you know, we were all having such an amazing time in the 70s, and then when this happened in the 80s, we all thought, are the gays being punished oh, wow. for this amazing time that we had? Like a Sodom and Gomorrah yeah, thing. Yeah, and then, of course, society responded with a resounding yes, you know, and, like, you hear it said today, even among certain religious fundamentalists, that HIV-AIDS is a punishment for the gay community. Yep. It's, 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 it's this kind of, like, really strong, powerful narrative that can take root, right? And then it, it affects real people living real lives because it affects policy and it becomes political. So I feel like a lot of Singapore's kind of shitty policies around HIV AIDS have to do with this kind of... All these of moral like, hang-ups. These uh. moral hang-ups. This, like, reticence. is The same reticence that hangs around Section 377A hangs yeah, correct, around yes. HIV treatment because they're, they're obviously related in mm. a way, right? And it's so problematic because it's like, where did you inherit this moral narrative from? You know, and who are you to saddle an, es an essentially uh, ideological but very deadly phenomenon mm. with your stupid moral hang-ups? And like, you know, thousands of people have died because of this. Exactly. Thousands of people continue to die from this because of like these kinds of like, uh, this kind of like yellow belly moral stupidity. Mm. They put I, fear into people's hearts over testing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, like, I mean, in Singapore, it's like they used to dispose of these bodies like toxic waste. Yeah, that's what we until read. Until fairly oh, recently. You know? Toxic waste. Like. In Singapore, we continue to like penalize people who live with HIV um, from getting certain kinds of jobs. Yeah. You know, it used to be there was a travel ban 
Yeah, they, I think they right. were not allowed. I can't remember exactly what the, the what the ban was, but I think they were absolutely just yeah. not allowed. And, and, people, and people live with so much stigma, mm. um, and like you wonder where this stigma comes from. And I feel like there are people with certain kinds of moral beliefs in this country who need to be held accountable. Yeah. because like no one, like who died and made them our leaders. Yeah, look at know? what they, look at what you did. Really. What you look, look at you what did and what you continue to do. Exactly. Yeah, that's all I want to say. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? We know better. We now know better, and I think it's important that we all educate ourselves. Correct. About is go and talk to people. Mm. Don't be afraid about talking to people about sex. Find someone you can talk to about this. Correct. Yeah, and I hope talk to us lah. Yeah. <laughs> leave a comment. Yeah, leave a comment. We yeah. can answer your questions. Share Kishin's stories. <laughs> yeah, correct. It's on his highlights. Yeah, it's on my highlights. Mm, okay. <laughs> and to all like our friends and listeners, any of you who are living with HIV mm. or who know someone who lives with HIV. We love you. We love we, you very we much. We support you and like we are there for you. And we hate we the whole fu- space yeah, for we you. We hold space for you. And we hate the fucking stigma that we all kind of like live under. Yep. Tear it down. Tear it down. Alrighty, we've come to the end of today's episode of Tea for Two. Thank you, dear listener, for joining us for yet mm. another week of our shenanigans. Yeah, thank you. But before we go, before we go, uh, dear listeners, we urge you, we urge you to follow yes. us if you're listening on Spotify very easy just press follow just press follow I don't listen on any other platform so yeah I me mean, yeah, so if you listen on Spotify please press follow yeah because and join us in our plans for world domination <laughs> because what Kishay, are we yet a famous podcast not yet no. not yet the, do we deserve to be a famous podcast the data suggests <laughs> the data suggests that many of you are listening to us but not following yeah what's up with that What's up with that? With that? Is, it, is it your commitment phobic? Yeah. Commit to something in your life. Yeah, commit to commit, us. Commit to us. Commit to us. Commit to us. We will love you. Yeah. And then <laughs> Spotify will give you updates whenever you get a new episode. Yeah, correct. Isn't yeah. that worthwhile? I think it's worthwhile. I think it's worthwhile. Yeah. Help us achieve social media domination. Correct. That's, Dear listener, that's our goal in life. That's our goal in life because honestly, this pandemic has taken everything away from yes. us. <laughs> <laughs> Alright Thanks again for listening To yet another episode Of T42 This has been Joel Signing off And this is Kishan Signing off Bye 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 bye